Welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. I'm Jeremy the Impact. You're from Impact Media. This is our weekly MMA pro wrestling show where we talk about all the things that happened during the previous week. Hope you guys uh, have had a good week up till now. Uh, it's been a been an interesting week so far around here. Uh, nothing, you know, nothing really interesting. But, you know, just uh, normal shenanigans and, and fun stuff. Uh, we are, we're going to get into a, 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 a lot happened at UFC 259. We're talking as much as a pro wrestling card as far as drama and storylines, uh and yes, a couple centered around the the three title fights. But we'll get into that as we get on down the road. First, we're going to start with the WWE, as we always do. We're going to start with Monday Night Raw from last week. And remember, I have already told you the Miz-Lashley saga that resulted in the Miz losing the WWE Championship to Bobby Lashley. Congratulations to Bobby Lashley once again. But so that leads us into uh, the rest of Raw. And and I'm going to start with this. The Miz as the champion, I, I wrote this down before at the start of Raw as I was, as I was making notes. Uh, the Miz as the champion... As nice as that is, and and like I said, I'm a Miz fan, and I and I totally get uh, the whole Miz thing, and and uh, he's great. He's he really is one of the the real pillars and corners cornerstones, if you will, of the WWE. Is he's that guy that you can put anywhere on the card. He's the utility man, the power hitter. He can pitch. He he can play anywhere. He can play anywhere on the card. He can be in a tag team with Morrison. No matter what, wherever you need the extra boost is where you put the miss. Him as the transitional champion, he was for about 10 days. Uh, it causes a log jam, though, because you're, you're starting to stack up contenders. You're starting to really stack up contenders, such as... Uh, former champion at this point, Mac, Drew McIntyre. Uh, at the time, Bobby Lashley, legitimate contender. Sheamus, legitimate contender. And uh, Braun Strowman, the recently returned Braun Strowman. That, uh, that, that's four already. You could make a case for a handful of others that are uh, in the process of kind of kind of building up here and there. Um, you've got Priest who is, is, you know, 
on the fast track up to the top, it seems like. You have Keith Lee, uh, once once he's back and, and going strong. Uh, the Fiends, RKO, you know, Randy Orton, uh, that's, that's what, one, two, three, I just had a one, two, three, Yeah, that's seven on top of the Miz. Now, that's a good thing that you have that many. That you have that many, you know, contenders. But it it causes that logjam because then what do you do with them? You can only do so many of those multi-man matches. You can only pair off so many of them. Well, you know, I guess that's eight counting Keith Lee. Well, Keith Lee and Priest aren't up in the top yet. So we're really talking about six people. Then when you say, well, Randy Orton and the Fiend still have unfinished business, that pairs them off. So then you get this, the, the five that I said to start with. Miz, Lashley, Sheamus, Braun, and McIntyre. Well, McIntyre has not gotten his, his uh, rematch from losing his title, so he's automatically a candidate. Uh, Braun, the last thing Braun did was get beat by Bobby Lashley uh, the week before all this. So he's going to have to do something to build up. Uh, Sheamus, in the opening match of Raw last week, lost to Drew McIntyre because they need McIntyre to continue to look strong. And right now Sheamus is in a in a groove where it doesn't matter if he wins or loses. So that worked out. Uh, so now that Lashley's won, McIntyre really is outside of the Miz getting his rematch. McIntyre getting his rematch. We're back to three, but it creates such a logjam because any of them have legitimate. I mean, you could either throw in Kofi Kingston. He's a former champ that, that has a legitimate, I mean, he was in the Elimination Chamber. He has a legitimate gripe, a legitimate case here. But it created that logjam. So that if you put, that if you give it to Lashley, now we get, um, we can get Lashley, Sheamus, Lashley, Miz. We, you get a fresh face to go through, to go through all of the, The division, basically, you can unless you want Lashley to lose somebody. I personally wouldn't. I'd have him keep it for three, four, five, six months at least. Which means he's gonna go. He's gonna go through the Miz. That's gonna be one opponent. Um, probably McIntyre. Uh, he's already beaten Braun, so maybe Sheamus is one you throw in front of him. Um, There's some other ones you could do here and there. But that logjam's not, it, it's kind of still there, but not really, because nothing personal, but once The Miz gets his rematch and, and pretty much loses that one too, him and Morrison go back to doing some tag team things, which is kind of a division you still need to beef up a little bit. Uh, Sheamus and Braun can kind of hang out towards the top. McIntyre will hang out towards the top. We finally will maybe get more Sheamus-McIntyre. Uh, the two of them, you know, the big friends that are that are now at each other, those kinds of things. Braun's kind of stuck out there in no man's land. Um, you you can either have Braun run over people, like, or have maybe maybe you put Braun and Priest or Braun 
and Keith Lee in a program are all three. Um, problem is you're trying to build all three of them up. So outside of them just trading off victories, which nullifies the whole point of doing it, I just I don't see I don't see what you're going to do with these other people. There's your there's a lack of people. Even though there's a log jam at the top, there's a lack of dance partners. Basically, you got a lot of a lot of people trying to lead the dance, nobody trying to help you do it. That's just my piece on that. Uh, let's see. You had Cedric and Shelton who took on uh, Braun Strowman and Adam Pierce. Strowman had it one. He was, uh, it seems like Braun and, and, and Adam Pierce are going to be the the new dance partner, so to say. They're, they're going to have a little riff, which is weird because even though Adam Pierce is a very accomplished former wrestler, uh, he's clearly a front office guy now and the way they're pushing him. But uh, Braun had it won. Shane McMahon jumped up on the apron and said, tag Adam, tag Adam, tag Adam. So he tags Adam. Adam comes in, gets rolled up by Shelton, and they retain their titles. Braun looked pretty mad, and uh, for, for a good reason. Um, I really do like, I like the pairing of Bad Bunny and Priest. I think it's going to lead to a match somewhere. Probably WrestleMania would be my guess. He'll probably lose the 24-7 championship before then. But you'll have those two against Elias and and uh, Riker. Uh, big fans of all four of these guys. Uh, I honestly had only heard of Bad Bunny up until he started showing up on Raw. I started digging into his music a little bit. Saw him on Saturday Night Live. Uh, dude's talented. Man. But uh, the, you kind of get the Bad Bunny and Priest versus Elias and Riker. That's that looks like something they're they're going to push towards. WrestleMania, that would be my guess. And even though they don't technically sponsor the show, I'll tell you. What am I drinking right now? I'm drinking a uh, a dark roast, I believe it's French, from the Buttered Udder. You should go by there if you are in Bremen or Carrollton. And get any of their delicious ice creams, their treats. I actually got a piece of peanut butter pie earlier that I'm looking forward to eating. Probably once I do this show. Um, it, it, it's and, and even if you're in the surrounding area, it's worth the trip over. And uh, if you give me a heads up when you're going there, I might meet you. Or there's a good chance I'll already be there. But either way, go check out our, our friends at the Buttered Udder and, of course, uh, Printer's Ale out in Carrollton. Uh, they they always have food Thursday, Friday, Saturdays out there. They, they have uh, food trucks and things like that. Go check those out. Great friends of uh, what we do here. Uh, I told you about The Fiend and Randy Orton. Still kind of some unfinished business. I still don't know what's going on with... with uh, with Bray Wyatt, I don't know if he was really, really seriously burned in in that that uh, crazy flame incident, or if they are playing this off to delay it. Maybe he's injured again. Maybe they're trying to play it off till next week. I mean, I mean, till next month 
so they can do it at WrestleMania. That would be a good WrestleMania-like uh, blow-off match for sure. But Alexa is once again carrying the Fiend's end of it, and uh, it, it's it's getting more sci-fi and more bizarre and more uh, kind of darker, but these are the right people to go that route. So I'm definitely enjoying that. Hopefully you guys are too. Um, that's pretty much raw. That's pretty much raw. Let's get into NXT, which never, well, hardly ever fails to deliver each and every week. Uh, we opened up with uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. This was for the championship. This was a uh, pretty good match where Thatcher and Champa were doing a good job until Imperium showed up on the ramp and it threw them off and uh, Lorcan and Birch ended up retaining. It was random. It made no sense. It reminded me of one of the other organizations here. Now, uh, as good as that was, even though the ending was weird, um, we all know at this point that Undisputed Era is pretty much it's pretty much um, yeah, kaput. That's um, now, granted, Bobby Fish is, is uh, on the shelf with an injury. Kyle O'Reilly now has an injury. So it's really Roderick Strong is, is uh, the only other member hanging out outside of Adam Cole, Bebe. And you got Finn Balor kind of in the middle of it, kind of stirring it up. It looks like he's going to probably, if I were him, I would take the credit for splitting them up. It's about time. They had had about as good a run as possible. I think it's because we're going to see a call-up. The logic says that it's probably Adam Cole. But at the same time, it could be Roderick Strong. He's he's really good. I would have thought it was O'Reilly with or O'Reilly and Fish, but I don't know. I, I really do feel like there's going to be a call-up soon. The WrestleMania call-up usually is right after WrestleMania, so we will see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but Finn Balor needs to stay down in NXT, even if he doesn't uh, retain the championship. And if you're not watching NXT every week, what are you doing? Granted, you're probably watching AEW. It comes on at the same time, but, hey, record one or subscribe to one of the services so that you can uh, watch both. Uh, I want to say Rob Stone, once again, is is really, I, I like the group he is, he is put together with Aaliyah and uh, uh, Jesse Kamea. Of course, Aaliyah loses to Ember Moon, but they're trying to push Ember Moon up a little bit. Her and Shotzi Blackheart have kind of paired off. It's an interesting team. Interesting to see what they happen to do. what they do with them going forward. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, female tag teams. So we'll see. 
But I, I do like what Rob Stone's doing down there. Robert Stone, he's he's doing a a real good job of of uh, making this team better. Uh, you had Nye and Shayna who defended the tag titles against uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I feel like Dakota Kai could be one who could get called up soon. Maybe, maybe Raquel Gonzalez, but I, I could see Dakota after WrestleMania or potentially some sort of WrestleMania match. Um, and, and it made absolutely no sense that Nia and Shayna had a, a decent match with these two, but they came to NXT and basically ran over not even the best tag team down here. They're a good duo. They're not a good tag team. Uh, Cameron Grimes came back and uh, ended up beating Bronson Reed thanks to L.A. Knight. Looks like L.A. Knight has found his first dance partner, so to say, in Bronson Reed. That's interesting. It, that's a real weird matchup, in my opinion. But, hey, L.A. Knight's got to go against somebody, and so does Bronson. So why not each other? And then we got Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong in the end. Of course, Finn Balor won. But uh, Roddy Strong, man, he's he brings it, and uh, he, he he is relentless, and he's one of those you about to have to knock him out to beat him, man. Finn Balor about did this was a fantastic match. Uh, it shows how great all the members of Undisputed Era are. That three of the four have had matches with uh, Finn Balor recently, and all of them are at least four, if not five, star classics. Let's move on to SmackDown. It's interesting that Daniel Bryan and Roman still have this little this little beef going, even though Jey Uso is kind of inserting himself into it. But you know, Daniel Bryan is a he's already an established heavyweight contender, so you kind of got to do that until you can build somebody else up because Roman has ran through the rest of the division. Cesaro's not ready. To, to take him on yet, and uh, Kevin Owens, we're waiting on him to come back. So, there's not a lot for Roman to do outside of uh, take on Daniel Bryan. For some reason, they put Zayn and Corbin together in this weird team uh, who have been taking on the Street Profits. It could be that they're not emphasizing their tag division quite as well. So, they're just running out of teams, I guess, and they're running out of things for them to do. Uh, Yeah, you get Corbin that beat uh, Montez Ford, and then you get Angelo Dawkins who turned around and beat Sami Zayn. I guess somewhere, maybe Fastlane, we'll see a tag match between this because Street Profits don't have anything to do either. I don't know what the SmackDown people are doing, but it's like the writers have just took a month off or something. It is, uh, it's just bizarre. It's exactly what it is, just bizarre. Uh, the Mysterios took on the Alpha Academy, to which the Alpha Academy, of course, won. I don't know if they're actually calling themselves that or not, but it is uh, Chad Gable and... Um, Otis, 
And and this one is really Dominic versus Chad Gable. And, hey, Dominic gets the win. He's probably the least experienced of the four, the least polished of the four, but he puts on a heck of a show. Dominic Mysterio is going to be pretty good down there in, in, or over there. So we will uh, – this is another random tag pairing that I don't know – I don't know who they're trying to emphasize here. It seems like they're trying to emphasize uh, Otis again. But if you're going to do that, then why don't you get Tucker back? Because they were a way better team. Uh, Murphy tried to say that he would help Seth Rollins out with his Cesaro problem. To which Seth said, just get out of my get out of my face. So Murphy took on Cesaro with Seth down at ringside. And Cesaro, of course... Gets the win there. Hey, at least he found something for Murphy to do. A lot of people have asked, why hasn't Murphy been on TV in the last month and a half, two months? Well, because they were going to run with the storyline of him dating uh, Mysterio's daughter. And then they just stopped writing it. Just stopped it out of nowhere. And so Murphy was just kind of in the middle of nowhere. So it's good that Murphy actually was back on TV. I don't know if him and Seth are going to continue to kind of play off each other or what. But, hey, Murphy's back on TV even though he lost to Sorrow. This was a good match. Probably the best match of SmackDown, in my opinion. Uh, Second best. Because the main event delivered. Jey Uso versus Daniel Bryan in a cage match. Of course, Roman and Heyman had a lot to do with it. Uh, Daniel Bryan ends up with the win in the cage, but hey, Jey Uso more than held his own with, with Bryan, and in a cage match nonetheless, there was great spots all over, they told a great story, uh, good for Jey Uso, a lot of people write him off as just the underling, uh, he, he more than held his own here, so good for him. Now, let's, uh, let's go to Impact Wrestling. On Tuesdays, of course, Access, or not, are they, they're on Access. They're the only ones on Access. There's a reason why New Japan's not on Access. We talked about that before, though. Uh, Black Taru, taking the place of Sammy Guevara, of course. Looks like Sammy Guevara is going to do uh, a lot of world traveling here lately, which, good for him. Uh, Black, Black Taru took on Chris Bay, who took on Ace Austin. Another multi-man match that has a random winner. It doesn't even matter that Ace won. Um, you had the Good Brothers, who who teamed up with Finn Juice. Of course, that is Juice Robinson and uh, David Finley. To take on Triple XL and Reno Scum. Uh, the Good Brothers end up getting the victory over Reno Scum. Or Good Brothers and Finn Juice, but it was... It was it was, I don't know. We all know that, that the Good Brothers and Finn Juice are eventually going to face off. I think they should kind of drag this out a little bit because it shouldn't just be a one-off, blow-off match. But, hey, that's four of the best in there, even though Triple XL and Reno Scum are good teams. Uh the Good Brothers and Finn Juice, that's, that's what we need to see because you get more of that New Japan crossover. All four of them were in New Japan at the same time. 
but this is also something too between Impact Wrestling, AEW. Uh, if New Japan's thrown into it, they haven't really been doing the crossover as much. So maybe that's dead in the water, or they just are lazy, or they can't figure out how to loop it together. Well, you could always call the people who put this show together, especially the guy talking right now. I got plenty of ideas on how you can do this crossover and make it really interesting. You know how to find me. Um, yeah, really wasn't anything else on Impact Wrestling uh, worth really telling you about. So, let's move to AEW where we finally get this uh, this big moment in this match where Cody and Red Velvet, it was supposed to be Brandy, but when you're injured and pregnant, you're not allowed to be in a wrestling ring. It's a good rule. But Cody and Red Velvet took on Shaq and Jade Cargill. This is a pretty good match. Uh, Shaq showed that he is definitely in shape. He has uh, definitely been working on some things, and Cody is, is a real good person to play off of. They have some really good spots. Uh, Red Velvet and J- Jade Cargo, to be as green as they are, as, as new. There, there's a term for you. For people who don't know, if you're green to something, you are relatively new. Like, you are pretty new. But uh, as green as they were, their interactions were not bad. They weren't just, I do a move, you do a move, I do a move, you do a move. They actually actually did a pretty good job. And and that was the point of this match, was to uh, introduce everybody to Jade Cargill. And and because of of, uh, Brandy's situation, uh, we got introduced to Red Velvet. These are two really good. These are two really good uh, young female talents they're going to have over there in AEW. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do with them because uh, they, they kind of look got a little bit of a logjam going on there. They just had a what sixteen woman tournament, and two thirds of those people are currently in the U.S. where they can uh, where they can use them. Uh, Phoenix and Pac took on John Schuyler and a guy named D3. John Schuyler is a really good worker. I've seen him uh, all over the southeast and a lot of other places. But uh, Phoenix and Pac put on a clinic. And if you're not watching what those two guys are doing, you're not watching wrestling. Uh, Just YouTube Ray Phoenix or Pac or both, and it is just incredible. But uh, Phoenix and Pac end up with the win in that one. Tully Blanchard and FTR with J.J. Dillon, because how many more NWA legends can we actually get? Took on Jurassic Express. Uh, There was a hooded camera guy who helped with the end of this one who turned out to be the returning Sean Spears. Apparently, he could make all those comments a couple weeks back, get let go of the company, and then he got re-signed, I guess. 
I don't know. It was weird, but Sean Spears come back. It looks like and helped Tully win. Looks like Tully is going to have FTR and Sean Spears, and they're going to have their their group back together. That's a really good group, by the way. But uh, they beat Jurassic Express. It's kind of turned into the punching bag for a lot of people. Um, what else was there? We saw Big Show show up, and and uh, that's something we'll talk about here in a second when we talk about AEW Revolution. Uh, he goes by Paul White, which is his actual given name. And also, he, him and Shivani are going to be the announcers on one of the three or four AEW shows that, that will be on during the week. So it'll be interesting to see, maybe the dark, or I can't remember which one they said, that uh, the fact that they're going to have like three or four shows throughout the week is is weird and bizarre, and I, I don't really know what it's going to it's going to do. Um, Rio and Mizunami beat Nyla Rose in the finals of the women's tournament that I, I was talking about. She get got the chance to face Hikaru Shida. I'll talk about what happened in that match here in a minute. Um, they had 10 from the Dark Order take on Max Caster. He's the loudmouth freestyle rapper guy in that one tag team. I can't remember. They're, they're an okay tag team. They're, they're good at running their mouth, though. Uh, Max Caster, with the help of one of the, the hybrid two guys, actually wins this match. Good for him. He got put in the ladder match. Uh, kind of sucked because 10, of course, is kind of a rising star out of the dark order, and he is uh, little, little Brody's. Uh, favorite wrestler, so uh, it kind of would have been nice to see him maybe get the bump, but you put Matt Cat- Max Caster in that match for some of the some of the high spots, and you go from there. Um, and then you got uh, uh, Mark Hen and Matt Hardy took on John Silver and Hangman Page. I really like this whole Dark Order Hangman page where he's not in it, but they still back him up. And I said, I don't, if they want to drag this out and then put him in it, or if they want to purposely keep him out the whole time, I think that's a a fantastic thing too. Of course, Hangman page gets the win over Mark Hen. And that led us into AEW Revolution. Where two new faces showed up. Two new uh, former Impact Wrestling champions, TNA champions. Uh, Kristen Cage supposedly signed his deal on camera uh, right before going into the face of the Revolution ladder match. Uh, And then also another person that was in that match was Ethan Page. We thought WWE was going to grab Ethan Page. Turns out AEW took him. Ethan Page is a good talent. So it'll, it'll be fun to see what they end up doing with him. It'll be weird having Hangman Page and Ethan Page. So hopefully they don't put them in the ring at the same time very often. But even if they do, it'll be a good match. 
Scorpio Sky, though, wins the face of the Revolution ladder match. They've done a pretty good job in the last two weeks of really pushing him. So I look forward to see um, this Wednesday, actually, uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this show on a Tuesday. Uh, he gets a future TNT title shot. It is going to be against Darby Allen tomorrow, this Wednesday. That should be fun. Uh, Rebel ended up with an injury, so Brett Baker had to find a new tag partner to take on Thunder Rosa and Rio. She took uh, Maki Ito, and they ended up getting the victory over Rosa, Thunder Rosa, and Rio. The Young Bucks versus MJF and Jericho for the tag titles. This was the all-out war you thought it would be. And once again, the Young Bucks... Probably, I don't even know if you can say probably the best tag team in the world right now. They are to steal Jericho's line. They are the best in the world at what they do. They ended up with the victory. Uh, Jericho more than outperformed his his normal his normal efforts. And uh, MJF has got to pick it up. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if they're writing it that way on purpose or not, or maybe he's nursing an injury, but. He's not the old MJF that used to outperform everybody in the ring. He's now the MJF who is being drug along in a in a uh, in a red wagon behind everybody else. They had the tag casino battle royal to which Phoenix and Pac won that. They will get a future title shot against the Young Bucks. Holy cow! Holy cow! At that matchup, that's I hope you're sitting down for that one. And if you're not sitting down, you are now. Yes, I'm telling you that at some point, the Young Bucks are going to face Ray Phoenix and Pac in a tag team match for the titles. That's that's a dream matchup. You usually only get those on video games. Incredible. Of course, as I said, we got Ryo and Mizunami who took on Hikaru Shida. This is a really, really good match. These two, I think, know each other. If they don't, they did a good job of convincing us that they did. Hikaru Shida ends up with the victory in this. So now that she has ran through the entire American roster, apparently she's running through the uh, Japanese roster as well. And Hikaru Shida is just really good. But at some point, she's going to lose to somebody, and that's going to be an instant star. So hopefully it's somebody they're going to try to build up. I don't know who that is right now. I don't see anybody that's ready to take it. Miro and Kip took on Chucky T and Orange Cassidy. Miro finds a way to beat Chuck and gets the victory in that one. That That's that's kind of what you want out of that. Like I said, uh, Chuck and Cassidy are not not wasting time. But they are kind of stalling until Trent comes back and they can team up and do more of their, their three, uh, trio stuff. And uh, Kip's pretty good. I, I give him credit. Kip does a lot of really good things. But Miro is the one that they could fast track to the top pretty quickly if they really wanted to. He's that good. That led us to Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy for undisclosed amount of money that the two of them... The first quarter earnings of, of the loser go to the winner. Uh, Hangman Page, as he should, wins this match. He, he once again, 
he's another one that you could fast track towards the top, and I don't think anybody would have one problem with it. That led us to Sting and Darby Allen versus uh, Cage and Ricky Starks. Uh, Sting ends up beating, pinning Starks in a ring that was in like an abandoned warehouse. Uh, Darby Allen went through a few windows. Um, there was a lot of other weird stuff. As I wrote in my notes here, some weird cinematic crap. I don't, I don't understand why why they do this kind of crap. Um, it's, I don't know. It was weird. It was, uh, you know, think the AJ Undertaker WrestleMania match last year, how just bizarre and weird and all over the place it was. And that was, that was this match. Now, of course it led into Omega versus John Moxley in a, was it exploding barbed wire death match? I only read about it because I told you I I was I don't watch those kinds of matches. Um, they did a good job with the explosions and with the um, with the the other parts of this match that I don't think anybody got too hurt. Is there such a thing as too hurt? Uh, they both got really dinged up, um, but with the help of the Good Brothers and exploding. Bats and a chair. Omega retains. Like, like I said, in a way, this this is a way to write Moxley off for a little bit in case he needs to go to New Japan and uh, and uh, either lose the belt to Kenta or or uh, just go defend it and, and take care of those obligations. They need to find a way to get Moxley out of the picture. I think that's one way to do it. Now it'll be interesting to see this week who kind of steps up to take on Omega. I mean, at this point, why not one of the Impact Wrestling big dogs? I'm not sure which one, but it would be interesting to see who they're going to put against him. So, all in all, that was a pretty good pay-per-view. They they highlighted the right people. I thought, um, really, I didn't see I didn't see an outcome that hurts them. Almost all of them help them. A few of them are just kind of in the middle, whatever. Now, let's move on to Ring of Honor real quick, and then we can get into some UFC stuff because, like I said, there. Oh, and there's a rumor that NXT here soon when uh, NBC does their big shakeup that involves uh, not really carrying a lot of hockey, I think, and, and it's going to shuffle a lot, or it's going to shuffle hockey to... Uh, USA, which is going to really cause a shakeup on Wednesdays for NXT. Looks like NXT is looking at moving to Tuesdays. That would be great. We'd get Monday Night Raw. We would get NXT on Tuesday. We would get AUW on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday would be the open day. SmackDown on Friday. Ring of Honor Friday night, Saturday night, depending on when, uh, when whatever channel you watch it on, it comes on. I'd be okay with that. Also, Impact Wrestling would be, I guess, NXT would go head-to-head with Impact Wrestling. Bless Impact Wrestling's heart. They can't catch a break. Uh, But in Ring of Honor, we got the rematch of Josh Woods versus Dalton Castle in a pure pure wrestling match. Uh, 
was under the impression that Dalton Castle is not with the company anymore. Not sure how long ago they recorded this, but they actually have Dalton win. But here's why I think they did it. Because as soon as the match is over, Silas Young comes out and he looks at Josh Woods and he goes, you told me a couple months back that, hey, I want to give this solo thing a, a shot and just really see where it goes. Well, you did. We saw where it got you. You're still not quite ready. We need to tag again. So it looks like we're going to get uh, two guys, one tag. I'm fine with that. If it took, and plus Dalton Castle gets a win, he, he could use a win. He he has lost a lot lately. Uh, you got EC3 versus Matt Taven versus Lethal versus Jay Briscoe with the winner uh, to take on Roosh, I believe, for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Jay Lethal ends up getting the win in this one because Briscoe and EC3 took each other out. Matt Taven and Lethal. I used to not be the world's biggest Taven fan, but now I look. But now I look, and uh, I'm here to tell you, Matt Taven and Jay Lethal tore up the place. They they did a fantastic job, and I really liked that at the end. Once Taven lost, he got up, he shook. Lethal's hand, and then he gave him a hug. He goes, no, you, you go do this, man. You were the better guy today. You go do this. You go take him out. And I thought that was just uh, it's just a fantastic thing. Now, that leads us to UFC 259. Let's start with the prelims. Where uh, Kai, I think it's Kai Kara France, ends up with the TKO victory over Rogero uh, Bontorin in the uh, first round. I mean, just five seconds till the end of the round. Uh, great shot, though. You get Askar Eskarov with a unanimous decision over Joseph Benavidez. Or Benavidez. Benavidez. Yeah, Benavidez. Kyler Phillips with the unanimous decision over Song Yedong. That was a fantastic fight. Uh, Kyler Phillips really brought it and kept Song off balance and and uh, beat him on the in the in the points race. Then you get Dominic Cruz wins by a split decision over Casey Kenny. Then Dominic Cruz gets a chance to call out anybody, and he calls out one of the Monster Energy reps, owners, something. I don't even know who this guy is. Name's Hans. Apparently, he does really bad business deals and uh, treats a lot of the fighters like crap. Apparently, he outweighs Dominic Cruz by about a hundred pounds. But he said, "Let's do this for charity." I think he just he's 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 using that to to masquerade the fact that I think he wants to punch this guy in the face. So we will see what happens with that. Now let's get into the main card. Alexander. Reykjik, unanimous decision win over Tiago Santos. Reykjik, man, he's 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 going to be a force to reckon with. You're going to have to. You're going to have to watch out for that guy. Uh, if you don't know who Islam Makachev is, 
Astrid over submission win in round number three. Uh, just I believe that was the was that the triangle armbar. That thing was it was something else, man. It was uh, it was just something else. And uh, Makachev looks like he is going to take the place of Hazmat uh, Chemaev, who I don't know. I think I think uh, the virus really did a number on him. Uh, he's contemplating whether he wants to continue to fight. Yet people in his camp are saying, "No, he's he's just being weird about it." He he uh, I think he's going to keep fighting, but uh, he it's just done a number on him. But uh, Islam Makachev, man, he he's got future champ written all over him. Then you get to uh, Peter Yan, Aljermaine Sterling. Peter Yan was winning this fight into the fourth round. Aljermaine Sterling seemed to have this weird. He seemed to have this weird strategy where he was trying to stay on his knees the majority of the time. So I guess Peter Yan couldn't punch. I mean, couldn't hit him. And uh, at one point, Peter Yan in Russian, I believe, said something to his corner along the lines of. What am I supposed to do? Can I hit him? And they said, yeah. And for some reason, Peter Yan threw uh, the most flush knee into the face of Aljermaine Sterling. It led to a DQ. It led to the title changing hands. First time in the UFC that has ever happened that a title has changed hands because of a DQ. But that's, that's their rules. Because if not, you'd be rewarding the champ. This isn't pro wrestling. You can't get disqualified to keep your title. Uh... Aljermaine uh, immediately said he wanted to take on Henry Cejudo. Hold, hold on, Aljo. Hold your horses. Because we got to see this rematch because that's kind of a not the world's greatest way to win. I know you didn't have a say in that, but uh, you got to prove to everybody that you can beat Peter Yan. You were losing that match until then. So Aljermaine Sterling versus Peter Yan, too. I'd give it about two, three months. And... Um, and uh, I would look for that to happen very soon. Amanda Nunes got the submission win two minutes into the first round against Megan Anderson. Megan Anderson is a great world-class fighter. Amanda Nunes is, I don't know, from Mount Olympus. It is incredible that this didn't even look close. It didn't look close. Like I said, Megan Anderson is a top-level female fighter, and it, it wasn't even close. I don't know what they're going to do with Nunez. They're, they're, they've already brought in people to face her, and she beats them. She's ran through the division. I just don't know. And then, of course, you get Jan, Blaho- Jan Blahovich Took on Israel Adesanya, who jumped up a... Uh, jumped up a weight class to take on uh, Jan Bohovic. Jan outclassed him for, he probably won three and a half, maybe four rounds Jan did. I I gave him three easy. And I gave uh, Israel, I believe it was round number three. He won that one. So three, one at that point, it didn't even matter what the other round was. Even if you, no matter who you give it to Uh, great win for Jan. Israel will be fine. It is also his first loss, but he will go back to his division. 
where he will probably continue to smoke everybody down there. And I think at some point we'll see him jump back up, but the Israel Adesanya versus John Jones dream match everybody thought might make it happen. I don't think so. I think it may not happen ever now because they're they're too far apart in in a lot of different ways. But that was 259. There is just a ton of stuff. You know, the fallout we'll be talking about in the next couple of weeks about what is next. Other things that could, you know, kind of what's what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. But the UFC, the train that it is, just keeps moving. So what is the UFC going to do? Well, they've got the upcoming fight night. And, and here's the weird thing. is It says Fight Nights, Edwards versus Muhammad. And it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I'm going to start with the prelims. You got Matthew Samelsberger is going to take on Jason Witt. You got Jin Yu Fry is going to take on Gloria DePaula. Jonathan Martinez versus David Grant. Courtney Casey returns. She's going to take on J.J. Aldridge. Ashley Yoder versus Angela Hill looks like after being on three straight cards that it may actually happen in this one. That'd be great. And so far, there's only two fights on the main card. I don't know if they're just going to show all of these or what. But as of right now, you get Eric Anders is going to take on Darren Stewart. And in what looks like the main event, the number 13 light heavyweight contender Ryan Spann is going to take on the number 11 light heavyweight uh, Misha Surkinov. It looks like that's that's going to be the fights there. So that's, what, seven? Seven fights. That may be the ones we see. I don't know if uh, what happened with the rest of them. I haven't heard anything yet. But, hey, it's the UFC. The train just keeps on moving. So that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this so much fun to come on and talk about. Oh, quickly, quickly, quickly. We now know not only is the... Aspen Jake Paul fight going to be in Atlanta. Not only is it going to be what April 17th, it is going to be at the home of the Atlanta Falcons and Atlanta United. It is going to be at Mercedes Benz. Uh, hopefully, see all you guys there. We're working on we're working on ways to uh, to see what kind of coverage we can do there. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, deuces.